Guideline First Look Guideline for Laser Safety by Lisa Croak The recommendations in the AORN, Guideline for Laser Safety, which were previously a part of the AORN, Guideline for Safe Use of Energy Generating Devices, rather than a standalone guideline, have been updated from the 2015 version and will be available in the AORN eGuidelines Plus in July 2020. Byron L. Burlingame, AORN Senior Perioperative Practice Specialist and lead author of the guideline, indicated that a separate guideline specific to lasers was created to make the information more accessible. We listened to our members, and we wanted to ensure that the recommendations regarding lasers were easy to find and use, he said. This guideline focuses on how to safely use lasers, the roles and responsibilities of personnel, and requirements for personnel education. Mitigating Hazards New recommendations were added about mitigating hazards associated with lasers. These include disabling the laser by taking the key out and putting it in a designated secure location, limiting access to the activation security codes and keys to authorized team members, using laser-resistant teeth protectors when performing oral cavity procedures, restricting the people in the OR to the patient and team members with laser safety training, and performing a laser timeout before starting the surgery. To help ensure that the perioperative team is following safe practices, a laser safety checklist should be used before every laser surgery. The checklist may include information on equipment and safety interventions. Eye protection. Additional recommendations regarding eye protection were added to this updated guideline. Eye protection needs to be specific to the laser and be in good condition, such as having good frame integrity and not having wear or damage, Berlingame said. It also is important to remember that both patients and employees need protection. For personnel, eye protection includes goggles, face shields, and glasses or prescription eyewear with a special filler material, a reflective coating, or a combination. Because tinted goggles could make medication labels appear to be a different color, personnel wearing this type of eye protection should use precautions when administering medications, such as confirming the vial contents with another person. Methods to protect patients' eyes depend on the procedure performed and laser used, and may include goggles, glasses, or eye shields, wet eye pads, opaque barrier blocks, or water-soluble eye lubricants. All protective eyewear should be cleaned, disinfected, and stored according to the manufacturer's instructions for use. Organization Responsibilities According to Burlingame, a separate section specific to healthcare organization responsibilities was created, and the recommendations reworded and reorganized from the previous version of the guideline to make them clearer. We wanted to clarify the overarching responsibilities of the organization because laser safety starts at the organizational level, he said. In addition to credentialing all team members who will use the lasers as required by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and providing personal protective equipment appropriate for each laser type used at the facility, facility leaders should define the qualifications of a laser safety officer, LSO, a point one, and provide him or her with a letter of authority to suspend, restrict, or terminate a laser system 
if he or she deems that laser hazard controls are inadequate. All personnel should receive education and training on lasers that are appropriate for their roles and know their responsibilities. A laser safety committee should be formed, or this role should be assigned to another committee. This committee and the LSO, or an appropriate replacement, should administer the laser safety program. A plan also should be in place for managing accidental exposure to the laser beam. Team Member Roles The guideline outlines the job responsibilities for each of the different positions that must be filled by facilities that perform laser procedures, including the LSO, Deputy LSO, Laser Safety Site Contact, LSSC, Laser Safety Specialist, LSS, Laser Operator, and Laser User, or those that are optional based on the individual facility's staffing pattern. These recommendations define each person's role to assist facility leaders in determining if all responsibilities have been assigned and to raise the level of safety by designating who should perform certain responsibilities, Burlingame said. Burlingame indicated that the LSO is the person responsible for the entire laser safety program within a facility. This person is responsible for assessing and overseeing the control of laser hazards, he said. If the LSO is not present, the deputy LSO may function as the LSO. The LSSC is the person responsible for overseeing the safe use of lasers for each site when lasers are used in multiple sites in an organization. For example, eye clinic. He or she should be trained on each type of laser used in a facility. This position may not be necessary if the laser is only used at one location and an LSO is available. The LSSC, who could also be the laser user or operator, is responsible for troubleshooting equipment problems, monitoring adherence to established policies and procedures, reviewing laser documentation, for example, logs, being a resource to other team members, determining training and education needs, and performing quality monitoring tasks. The LSSC is the person responsible for overseeing the safe use of lasers in each room. He or she should be trained on each type of laser used in a facility. This position may not be necessary if the laser is only used in one location and the LSO is available. The LSS acts as the liaison between the laser user and LSO. The remaining responsibilities are similar to those outlined for the LSSC. The LSS may be the RN circulator. Burlingame said. Third-party vendors. Burlingame noted that a new section on third-party laser vendors was added. We believed it was important to include these recommendations because there has been confusion about the responsibility of the third-party vendor and the vendor representative, he said. In addition, the number of places using third-party vendors has increased. When third-party vendors bring a laser into the facility, all parts of the laser safety program should be applied, and the laser safety committee should oversee these personnel. The vendor should provide equipment documentation showing inspection, maintenance, and repairs. Specifically, the LSO should confirm that vendors are credentialed and that equipment is compliant with policies and procedures, and maintain vendor education and equipment maintenance records. Conclusion The updated AORN, 
Guideline for Laser Safety, focuses on issues related to the safe use of lasers, including how to mitigate hazards and appropriate eye protection that should be worn by patients and personnel. It also highlights the responsibilities of the organization, the roles of laser safety personnel, and actions related to third-party vendors. By implementing the recommendations in this update, the ideal situation would be that all patient and personnel injuries from lasers would be avoided, Burlingame concluded.